This is Creative Mornings, a new podcast showcasing the global creative community. This episode is brought to you by MailChimp. MailChimp has over 8 million users that collectively send over 17 billion emails a month. More at MailChimp.com. MailChimp. Send better email. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Creative Mornings podcast. This is Matt. And this week, our show takes us to Creative Mornings in London with speaker Benjamin Southworth. I'll get to him in a second, but this audio that you're hearing right now in the background as I fade out the music is me trying to connect with our host in London, Victoria Stoyanova. At this point, we had already tried and failed several times with a couple of video chat options. And I wasn't recording any of those because it didn't dawn on me that this would be a really funny intro to the podcast so that you could enjoy my failures. Anyway, so I started recording and we still had plenty of trouble for you to bask in. Hello. 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 <laughs> Technology. Unbelievable. <laughs> oh. Wow, this is working much better already. Are you there? Hello. Hello. Oh my God! Seriously, uh, <laughs> I don't know what's happening. <laughs> let's do this, Matt. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. Let's uh, let's get right into it and see what we can get. Can you hear me? This went on for several minutes. I wonder... I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Eventually, she found a spot on her balcony that seemed to work nicely for the time being. So, Victoria, thank you very much for your dedication to making this call work. And once we had a connection that lasted longer than five seconds at a time, I got the feeling that she really loves her job. The day of the month that I'm the happiest and just everything is awesome. <laughs> Creative Mornings Fridays is just the best day ever. <laughs> She's been the Creative Mornings London host for about three years now, and she told me a little bit about what type of environment she's trying to create lately. What I've been trying to do for the last one or two years is create a more humble environment for people really to share their story, their creative process, and what they do. And this works really well for our audience as well, because... It, it just creates a really safe space for people and it's so much more different from any event you would go to because you kind of make friends in that shared space and it's early in the morning and you're not fully awake yet and it's just this really warm environment. And the beginning of this experiment for her, as far as speakers go, was Benjamin Southworth. It's not easy to find a job you love and it's not easy to find your mission once you do though it's really amazing to know that you can make a difference and you can have the support you need to make change and being a self-starter and someone who really has created everything around him because he cares about it he was just the perfect example for for that in working with creative mornings before launching this first season as a podcast i sat with the list of talks we'd be featuring and i did some preliminary digging into the speakers and what I was most impressed by was the diversity. 
from relatively well-known CEOs of major organizations to the lesser-known advocates for change, I was impressed by how much these people have in common, and that no matter their level of quote-unquote popularity, they all seem to be doing really great things. To learn a little bit more about Benjamin Southworth, I checked out his LinkedIn profile, and the bio reads, passionate and energetic communicator, facilitator, leader, manager, public speaker, founder, and organizer for the UK entrepreneurial and startup scene. It goes on to say that he's a passionate advocate for structural change and governmental engagement with the digital past, present, and future. Benjamin comes from a background of startups, and he's since moved on to found, explore, and develop as many of his own ideas as he can. But his lecture focuses on a call to action and how to fix a broken system through the use of technology. You can't just tick a bunch of boxes and say, okay, I have a degree and now I moved to a really creative city and I did all the right things, now what? Because this system isn't really working. Benjamin doesn't mince words. He has a bone to pick with an education system that failed him and he has no problem speaking openly about it. This event took place in February of 2014 and the Creative Mornings theme was Rebel, which, according to Victoria, fit the bill. He's a real rebel, so it was illustrative for the theme. He does very bold things. He doesn't try to please everyone or try to be nice. He's just very honest. He's very brutally honest. The talk is titled Rebel Against the Institution. And fair warning, early on there is some graphic content, so just keep that in mind. And here you have it. From Creative Mornings in London, Benjamin Southworth. It's a great honour to be asked to kind of do this. Um, and I've been spending kind of the last sort of 10 days or so kind of worrying at the edges of this problem and trying to kind of understand what it really means and, and, and what should I tell you and what would you kind of want to hear. And I played around with fun ideas like not turning up at all and sort of playing that fun game. You could all sit here and sort of have a nice little artistic think about what, what that would mean. But instead, I was reading the papers at the weekend um, and because it's, you know, eight minutes past nine on a Friday morning and the weekend is upon us, I want to just briefly talk about the act of self-immolation. I want to talk about Mohammed Bouazizi, who on the 10th of December 2010 was so outraged and disgusted at continual police oppression that he took himself in front of the city hall in Tunis and he poured a can of petrol over himself and he set fire to himself and he burnt screaming and dying as a public act of defiance against a state that was continuously oppressing those who just wanted to be free and I want us just to have a tiny moment and not too much of a moment but I just want you to take just a fraction of a second to appreciate how insanely transgressive that act is this is not taking a bottle of sleeping pills. This is not drinking too much whiskey. This is not smoking yourself silently to death. This is standing in a public place and picking up that can and pouring that over yourself and then lighting a match, knowing full well all you're about to experience is incredible agony in the hope that you will pass out. And just take a tiny moment to think about at what moment in your life would you be willing to take that act In 1968, Paris students dug the cobbles up on the streets 
and threw them at the police. This was Soissons Houtard. This was a great last leftist act. It was the kind of final mainstays of the Marxist revolution. It was really the moment by which the left really tried to define itself once finally against the sort of oppressive sort of capitalistic system of which these students believed in. It also demarcated the first moment of postmodernity in lots of ways. It was really the established elite and the intellectuals transgressing against a system that they themselves had previously been working for, operating by and funded. It was a, an act of huge defiance um, that is still kind of not understood to these days. And the next year something incredible happened, something that I believe in and gives me great hope. In 1969, an interface message protocol system, commonly referred to as an IMP, sent the first message between UCLA and Stanford. It was only 150 miles. And the first message ever sent across the internet was hell. Uh, the zero got lost. Um, someone had managed to disconnect the wire in the final moment. But hell was appeared on this screen, very different to this screen, obviously. Um, and that was the first moment that a computer had talked to another computer. And whilst it was only one point to one point, it began something, and it began a dissolution of hierarchy that was previously hitherto impossible. And once we had two machines, we had five machines, and then we had nine machines, and then we had ten and twenty, and now it is an exponential rate of growth whereby estimations of things coming online is anywhere between ten to fifteen million devices every single day becoming online. This is an insane number. And this opens up a real chance for rebellion. It opens up an opportunity for network effects. It gives us an opportunity to go around problems in new and interesting ways. We no longer are living in a world which is a, a one-to-many broadcast scenario. We no longer have to accept hierarchy that comes from above. We no longer have to organise ourselves in standard, strict ways. And hopefully, we no longer have to pour petrol over ourselves to make ourselves heard or to make our points clear. We no longer have to dig up cobblestones and throw them at the face of the police to make our things known. And what I kind of really want to inspire you to try and think about as you go through your lives is what are you actually going to do with the power that's been given to you? What are you actually going to act and make? What are the things that you see as personal injustices, professional injustices? What are you going to do to reorganise and recalibrate and retranspose this existence that we find ourselves in? Are you happy with the way that immigrants are being treated in the UK? Are you happy with the way that homosexuals are being treated? Are you happy the way that your children are being educated? Are you happen, happy in the ways that chemicals are entering into your food? Are you happy with a political system that seems to favour the elite over the working people? And if you are unhappy with any of these injustices, what are you going to do apart from just disregard them? What are you going to do apart from have another drink and, and bitch with your, and moan with your friends, given the great power that you have, given the great opportunities, living in one of the greatest cities in the world with a great system. All of us have this great power and opportunity. And yet, not many of us seem to be that content with our lives. We don't seem to feel as though we have enough time for our friends. We don't seem to feel as... Sometimes that our professional career, especially if you're a freelancer, is going the way you want it to. Sometimes we don't feel as though we're connecting meaningfully to each other. Sometimes, for me personally, it feels as though we're consistently putting a screen in the way of where human interaction should be. We're constantly staring at the damn device. We're constantly looking at the black mirror. And how do we move beyond this? How do we create all of this opportunity, all of this chance, all of this creativity, all of this hope, all of this positivity that can be a non-violent act 
an act of pure creation, an act of trying to do something meaningful. One of the things I've been looking at recently is the creation of a free school for 16 to 19-year-olds. Now, I made the, the personal uh, recent rebellious act of deciding to work for a government that I don't agree with. Uh, and I decided to do that because some of the policies that were being put in place by the Conservatives I did agree with. Not all of them, certainly not ones regarding immigration. Um, but on technology and supporting entrepreneurship and supporting the idea of opening up uh, state school education to give the opportunities of private-led techniques and methods, I support them on. And I believe that these things are the right things to do. And I've been thinking a lot about how education in the UK, again, fits into this hierarchy. It is a one-to-many scenario. And whilst it's ridiculous for me to sort of be in this one-to-many broadcast scenario and to tell you how stupid that is, I've been looking around something called the Harkness Method of, of Teaching, the Hartman's Method of Teaching is a 10 to 1 uh, scenario. You basically have a facilitator and then 10 pupils who sit around a table and they discuss. Everything is a discussion-led basis. It is, again, a many-to-many hierarchy. It is a situation where the, the facilitator and teacher is there really to coach out the topics of conversation, not to just tell or inform or to be wrote down or just... Uh, put in a book, but to really genuinely pull out these people and pull out their emotions and their feelings. And what it does is it tends to create quite interesting and powerful individuals who have the ability to not only think for themselves but also reason and criticise quite um, sort of poignantly and quite sort of powerfully just because they're very used to the idea of having to actually discuss openly and, and, and debate. One of their most noticeable alumni comes from Exeter College in the States, uh, is, is a well-known chap, Mark Zuckerberg, who's seemingly doing okay with a little app that he built and uh, over in Wellington College. And by using, um, effectively, uh, a government's policy that goes against not only my parents' teaching, my own teaching, also by a Conservative government that I disagree with very, very strongly on many topics, I am trying to rebel against an education system that, that failed me. Uh, I have one A-level, never went to university, um, and it consistently is a source of shame for me um, about how poor my academic record is. It really upsets me. And um, I've recently been uh, going through some discussions about, about how that actually kind of makes me feel. It made me realise that, again, for me, it comes down to this idea of hierarchy. It comes down to this system of which we have to place ourselves into, this system of success. And at no point... At any point did I find in my educational system, nor do I find within a government system currently, that there is this dialogue, that there is this many-to-many -many scenario. Everything is very rigid and very, very structured. And so when thinking about rebellion and thinking about the education system and thinking about the government, it only really leaves me to, to, to remark on one person, um, which is Henry David Thoreau, who wrote Civil Disobedience uh, in the 18th century, it says, if it's, the machine of government is of such a nature that it requires you to be an agent of injustice to another, then I say break the law. And I agree with that. And this is, this is almost 200 years old. This is when a state system was very, very small. Um, Thoreau believes that the, a, government, a, a government governs best when it governs least. I'm not sure I agree with that in all capacities. But what I would like you to think about is at some moment today maybe Monday, Tuesday, work out a moment of injustice, a moment 
where you're being forced to do something you don't quite agree with. And just take a tiny moment to react in some meaningful way to that. Whether that just be to voice your concern, whether it should be raise a dialogue with someone, whether it should be send a snarky, passive-aggressive tweet into the, uh, the, the spaces between us. Or maybe, just maybe, do something truly radical. Do something incredibly dangerous and incredibly bold. Stand for MP. Write to your MP. Phone them up. Tweet them. Talk to them. But begin a dialogue about politics. Begin a dialogue about education. Begin a dialogue about the future and your own self and how you're going to position that. Because it's just far too easy, I think, in the modern life just to conform completely to the ways and systems of which we inherit, that the media continue to perpetuate, that we continue to perpetuate ourselves through what unfortunately amounts to um, laziness and, and, and massive insecurity on ourselves. And we have the world's greatest self-organising, bypassing network system that comes out of revolution, it comes distinctly out of leftist Marxist non-hierarchical postmodern terms. And we have a huge opportunity as workers and agents of the digital age to really ensure that we stand for what we really want this to be, what future we're trying to create. And that's all I want you to do. I don't want you to um, do anything but participate. And uh, there's no real act of rebellion, actually. I want you to conform into a democracy and I want you to conform into a system that is pre-existing. But I want you to do the most aggressively, beautifully creative act, which is to start a conversation with yourself about what the future looks like for you. And that's all I want to say. Thank you. Short and sweet, right? You can watch this talk and others from the theme of Rebel among the complete archives at creativemornings.com. Now let's take care of some business. And this week's episode is made possible by MailChimp. I had a little conversation with Benji Wagner. He's the co-founder and creative director of a company called Polar. They make outdoor stuff, and they're spelled P-O-L-E-R. But Benji's vision for the brand is so much more than just the products they sell. It's not just a product-driven brand. It's really culturally driven, and we really try and inspire people. And obviously, we need to sell stuff to stay in business, but it's not just about the product, so we try and have fun with it, you know? And that's where MailChimp comes in. I do all these adventure stories. An awesome photographer going out and, and telling a story that... Um, it's meant to inspire people and it's essentially an editorial we we don't only showcase like we have this new product it's basically like here's an adventure that's meant to get people psyched to go out and into the wild and we always incorporate that into our email blasts and try and promote the photographers as well and for polar a four-year-old company mailchimp was a no-brainer from the beginning we were able to start out and use it for free for quite a while um which is always really important when you're, you know, a new entrepreneur and you're trying to, to start something without a ton of money behind you. So MailChimp has been a great platform for us to grow on. MailChimp has over 8 million users that collectively send over 17 billion emails a month. More at MailChimp.com. MailChimp. Send better email. Hey, what are you up to right now? What are you doing? You want to leave us a review on iTunes? Nice. Just uh, search for us, Creative Mornings. It's one word. And just, you know, five stars. We're your favorite podcast ever. You know, you know the drill. Thanks. Here's this week's answer to our creative life question. 
This is RJ Owen in Denver, Colorado. Living a creative life to me means perseverance. It means working through setbacks because creative people want to find a way to bring something beautiful into the world, but you're never going to get it right on your first try or very rarely, right? So uh, it means working through a lot of fear, overcoming the fear that you have of failing or the fear of just not knowing what you're doing. It means overcoming doubt and uncertainty and overcoming a lot of failure, but the payoff's incredible. And when you come out of the other side, it, it just makes it all worth it when you finally achieve that thing you want to. And so I think living a creative life means not giving up and refusing to quit. The question each week is, what does it mean to you to lead a creative life? Send us your answers to podcast at creativemornings.com. Thanks to RJ for that excellent response. And quick tip, if you listen next week, you'll hear what he sounds like as a rooster. Speaking of next week, we go to Creative Mornings in Oakland, California to hear from Fabiana Rodriguez, an artist and cultural organizer who stresses that before you can change policy, you've got to change the narrative. We don't just need a fight for what we're against. We need to fight for the kind of society we want to build. And often in social justice, and especially when we're fighting for change, we're always in the no. We're saying uh, 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 no to jails. No, don't cut this. No, don't deport my family. But what are we saying yes to? Our thanks to Victoria Stoyanova, Benjamin Southworth, and everyone at Creative Mornings. This episode was produced and edited by Esmateo with sound engineering, mixing, and original score by Devin C. Johnson at Little Library Studios in collaboration with Esmateo Music. This week's rooster comes courtesy of Leonardo in Rome, Italy. Follow us on Twitter at Creative Morning. Remember, it's singular. And use hashtag PodcastCM when you tweet at us. For a complete archive of talks or just to get involved, go to creativemornings.com. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening.